Hello, my friends. This is Andy Hedy coming to you live from New York, Berlin, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. A production of ResurrectMinistry.com, where we're harnessing the power of the internet to share the gospel to the universe as far as it'll go, as far as the internet can take us. We have worship bands, pastors you can listen to. It's just, it's just a bunch of content to draw you closer to Jesus. Whether you're a seasoned saint or a new believer, we just want you to meet the Lord um, where you are, and he will meet you where you are. We um, love to hear from you, so if you drop us a line, we'll respond to those questions, comments, prayer requests, praise reports, whatever it may be, we'll answer them personally, and if this ministry has blessed you in any way, please just partner with us and click the Donate Now button. And while you're watching, make sure and comment and let us know what you think about the devotional. Uh, maybe you have some input about some of the things that we're talking about, or you have a comment about our um, comments <laughs> about what we're bringing up in regard to the devotional. And uh, share this broadcast out to all your friends, as Hedia says. Um, in the description, you'll find our sponsors. One of those being LifeWise. Make sure and go to LifeWise, livelifewise.tv. That URL will send you to the website, which is directly associated with our uh, ministry. And then we have StreamYard. Go to getstreamyardnow.com. That's the platform that we're using right now to come live to you. And you can use that for anything you want to do, whether it's a devotional or a hobby that you want to share with others or teach somebody how to cook, uh, maybe a pie for Thanksgiving or ambrosia. <laughs> we're bringing the old OG dessert back. Yes. and uh, But you can do that online and share and uh, use it like our, this camera that we have over here. You could use, oops, you could use this you camera. Turned, you turned very Native American in that, in that other image, not this one. What? Native American? Yeah, in this one. Don't you look? Super? Indian? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today's scripture is Titus 1, 10 through 16. That's what we'll be reading later on today uh, in this broadcast. So let's get to the devotional. We are reading from Tozier for the Christian Leader for November 21st. The title is The Seared Conscience. When I read the title, Seared Conscience, it took me right to the barbecue because we're about searing our steaks. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, Tozier references Titus 1.15 uh, at the beginning of the devotional, and it says, Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Hmm. But with a conscience has become, wait, hold on. But when a conscience has become seared, when a man has played with the fire and burned his conscience and calloused it until he can handle the hot iron of sin Ooh. without shrinking, there is no longer any safety for him. Titus wrote in his epistle about those to whom nothing is pure any longer, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Here, Titus speaks of an inward corruption, revealed in impure thoughts and soiled language. I am just as afraid of people with soiled tongues as I am of those with a communicable disease. Actually, a foul tongue is evidence of a deeper spiritual disease. Titus goes on to tell us that those with defiled conscience become rep reprobate 
reprobates. Something just washed up on the shore, a moral shipwreck. Oh, Lord, deliver me from that inward corruption. Guard my mind and my tongue. Convict me of any carelessness and straying. Keep my conscience alive and active. Lord, I really do not want to end up a dirty old man washed up on the shore, a moral shipwreck. Amen. Amen. Such a good prayer. Uh, to um, keep my conscience alive and active. Mm -hmm. Because it's so true. You let things go and you let them go and you let them go. And you you can almost feel the Holy Spirit stop nudging you about it mm -hmm. when you let it go. You know, um, it is. Uh, and I hate that. So it's so important to stay conscious of that. And then asking that in a prayer to the Lord, um, the specific language. I like the prayer that he said at the end where he's like and this <sighs> guard my mind and my tongue so in other words when we ask specifically for the power of the holy spirit to stop a bad tongue mm. which is something i have to do often hmm. because yeah. it's easier to do in his strength than ours yeah when yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when the kids say bruh or bro, you know, it's a, it's a fight that. And the reason I think it's important, you brought it up today, too, because I talk to them about it all the time, is that they can get so used to referring to us as a, a, an equal, as a, as a friend, that the respect begins to wane. Just, just through the using of words and talking to us as if we're one of their equals, and so it's it's a it's a reminder that has to be done. And I, I and you know I gotta say that it's probably not always it's not conscious, you know it's not a conscious desire to bring us down to a a friendship level. Well, and I think but also it, we joke around mm -hmm. with them and say it ourselves sometimes, yeah. and so it's it ends up confusing. Yeah. Because it's not a bad word. Right. Um, but you're absolutely right. It brings our status down eventually, subconsciously. As a uh, an owner of a couple businesses and having employees, that often had to be re kind of brought back. I'd have meetings from time to time <laughs> because we were even a little bit more loosey-goosey. You know, it, it, it can yeah. be that way. Um, in police departments, uh, I know that quite often when somebody would get promoted from patrolman to sergeant and lieutenant, that in, in that promotion, they would often leave the kind of the friend group. Mm. Because even though I know we'd end up going to, you know, the river or whatever together, but you, you could see that at some point, those people that were in leadership positions would begin to stop going to those types of events because that can affect work. And you stop know, talking a certain way. Yeah, yeah, and change their, um, Most of the men that I saw rise in the rank, because you know, especially with LAPD, because I worked with them for so many years, mm -hmm. that I saw rising, um, did not have a foul mouth. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, um, they could, you know, they they could be cutting, but it wasn't a foul mouth. Right. Um, let's see. Let's can we jump right to the scripture? For sure. Pretty quick here, because there's some good stuff in there. Uh, so we're in Titus 1, 
And uh, this is Paul um, talking. Uh, so he's referencing both the Israelites, the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers. For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach and that for the sake of dishonest gain. One of the Cretes' own prophets, and Cretes was a Gentile prophet, um, has said the Cretans are always liars, liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted, do not believe nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and their consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but their actions, um, but by their actions, they deny him. Mm -hmm. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. So, so notice what he's telling them is saying, first he insults um, the Israelites that were just preaching circumcision and requiring them to hold the law for the new believers, like basically torturing the Gentiles. And so he first gets on their case and then he gets on the Gentiles case about um, believing in these old uh, ways of these of their fake gods. Um, but then he's telling them the wisdom behind doing it. In other words, when you rebuke the Gentiles for believing this nonsense, like don't believe nonsense, then they won't believe human talk from a Jew either. So in other words, it makes you discern better when you don't listen to meaningless talk from anyone, then when it occurs in a religious setting, you will also understand it. That's really um, powerful. You understand what I mean? Yep. So he's basically saying, if you get your ear accustomed to not listening to garbage, <laughs> then when garbage comes at you, you're going to recognize it. Right. But if you surround yourself with people that talk nonsense constantly, it'll be difficult to discern nonsense in a religious sense that you should definitely be avoiding. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that, I mean, that's um, something that I think that I uh, not witnessed, but uh, experienced in being truly born again and, and listening to a pastor like Pastor Jack and, and Mark Driscoll and um, some of the other uh, biblical true biblical teachers that the way that they taught and, and, and really dove into even, I mean, especially books that were never really referenced in, in any of the sermons that I was in, in the other churches I went to, like, they, like, I never knew there was a book named Titus. Nice. <laughs> it helps to read the entire Bible too, but that does. <laughs> cause you're depending on the, the, you know, the pastor to read through the books. Yeah. You're like, you yeah. should be touching on all of them. I've been here 20 years and I, why have I not heard of this book? <laughs> yeah. There's a couple other books that I didn't know. I, like I, I go, I'm actually, a lot of us are disappointed in Stephen Furtick for doing the same thing where mm -hmm. it seems like he's preaching on just five books. Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a huge fan of some of the Old Testament too, but mm -hmm. it just like literally just like let's yeah, send some <laughs> Leviticus, and we just like literally know all the scriptures he's right. ever heard. Of. So Shame. my experience is that then when people would speak, you know, a, a pastor or maybe even somebody that was just given a platform at a church to talk, like the the professor from uh, Biola, like instantaneously 
knew that what was being mm -hmm. said was like, what? What are you talking about? No, no. And that and I am not a biblical, you know, you know. But that's a teacher. great example. Yeah. But it's, it's really instant. As soon as the words you leave in the mouth. Because your well. ears become fine-tuned. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, that's very powerful to have that happen to where you can recognize nonsense when it comes out. Let's say hi to Iris. You haven't seen Iris in a while. Yeah. How are you doing, Iris? Iris Sunshine. de la Torre. Well, coming on a little earlier. Maybe this hour is better for Iris. Hmm. And Kate. Hello, Kate. Kate. From where it's tomorrow. Jan French. Hi, Jan. What were we talking about Jan French the other day about? What were we talking about? Hmm. Sorry, Jan. There was something we were talking about. That wasn't bad. <laughs> what the? Oh, she's saying we're freezing. Our um, internet's really bad. Well, all the kids are here. And when the kids are here, the internet is a little weak. I told them to stay off the internet. Uh, Iris says? Listening, for uh, sure. There, uh, there's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Right. I also have an old saying, Iris. Yeah. Mine is monkey in, monkey out. <laughs> which means you go in an idiot, you come out an idiot. Mm. So, same thing. So, in Kate saying that we're freezing just a little bit, you know, that in the past, that would not be unusual if you're watching, like, ABC News in the 60s or 70s. It would freeze. Oh, yeah, because the signal, you had to go up to the satellite and then bounce back, bounce back down. Oh, but it wasn't freezing from the station. It was freezing in your just house. Because, yeah, just because that we, everybody was understanding. Well, uh, we were on a satellite connection, and it's a little bit weak today. Like, um, you would just know. Like, today we go, hey, wait, what's going on with the Internet? It'd be freezing. It shouldn't be freezing. Um, shoot, I, I was going to come out. Of, I was going to come out of it with a little bit of a connection. And I completely lost it. I had it. It was beautiful, too. You guys are really missing out. Um, one of the other, uh, and I don't know how much this has to do with this particular scripture or not, but or this devotional, but we're we're seeing, you know, the the propaganda or the way that a certain group of people speak as if something is true, but it's not true, but they 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 for years now we've been listening to mostly liberals, you know, talking about everything from COVID's going to kill everybody, and now we're learning that it didn't kill hardly as many people as they said it did. Uh, they were saying we had to shut down schools and had to shut down because people were going to die. Now we and a whole study comes out that shutting down the country and schools was the worst thing that we could have done. <laughs> that comes out of the New York Times um, to um, police uh, kill, uh, you know, 10 black men a day or something like that. I think that was some ridiculous and, or thousands of, of them a year where that's not even close to being true. Uh, and now even now we hear now we have this uh, war in Israel and we're hearing so much nonsense uh, from, you know, the the Muslims, uh, Islamophobia, because so many are being killed by Jews. And yet. When you really try to find any stories of, of a Jew hunting down an Arab or a, a Muslim and killing them, there's not a story to be found. Speaking of, of, I listened to the entire interview. I just caught half of it yesterday and listened to the rest of the Norm Finkelstein interview on Candace. And he went on and on and on with these statistics that nobody could verify. <laughs> like, right. I, I was so aggravated by it because I was like, she... She did pepper him a little bit at the end of his monologues, but she couldn't 
attack it because she didn't know the facts. Mm -hmm. Nobody could nobody could attack the, his perspective except an Israeli, probably somebody in the Israeli government. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is just so horrible to keep going on and on with these horrible accusations against the Israelis um, and basically saying so-and-so called it this and a so-and-so called it that. And you're like, how do I know? For example, says that a very famous Israeli general gives a name, says, refers to Palestine, uh, refers to the West Bank. Oh, sorry, are we talking about Gaza or the West Bank? Gaza. Gaza. Refers to Gaza as a giant concentration camp. That they have not had any jobs or food or running water for years. And I was like, That's so untrue. Years? How is it it's that a millions of people? <laughs> it's a concentration of years? And I'm like, I, and she's just, she's going to sit in there because she can't, I mean, what is she going to say? That's not true. And she's like, she could say, I don't think that's true, but she has nothing to, she, she's not able to verify those facts, right. you know? Have um, you seen the Gaza tourism video that actually came out, I don't know, almost maybe 10 years ago? It's a film, it's like a drone shot of the beaches and of the oh, hotel. Yeah. I'm going to send that to Candace. <laughs> Come to Gaza, yeah, vacation in Gaza, and it shows. <laughs> it, I, it's on um, Amir's uh, Telegram. I I'd have to go way you know back and find it. I I really want to. I want to send her producer a whole bunch of clips and go. This this interview was wrong right. on so many levels. Or when they said that there's they were keeping water and food from getting into Gaza, but yeah. yet you can see all the trucks crossing from Egypt. No, but he yeah. says, and he said that about the food for decades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like that they're literally, they're starving. They're so malnourished. They're like a village in East Africa. Like it's a right. concentration camp. But just kind of relating to this devotional, if I can, I'm not sure if I can, is that you have these people that are just espousing this, this content, this stuff, and, and just saying it in a way that people begin to believe it because they say it so often and say it with so much conviction, yes. but so. never is there any proof. It's just this, and they, they, they have to believe it at this point. Oh yeah, uh, and and believe what they're saying is true, but it's but none of it is true. Being a, in law enforcement for the decades that we both of us combined have been in it, um, if we ever saw that law enforcement was actually hunting down black men and killing them, you, you really think that none of us would have said, "Okay, okay, hold on," you know, we would have said it at the second black man that was just shot, hunted down and shot. Right. Yet there are kids coming out of El Dorado High School that were saying that they believe what one of their teachers was telling them. That again, it was some amazing number, but like a hundred uh, black men were being hundreds killed. Of hundreds of black men are being killed, killed every year, every year from uh, at the hands of law enforcement. Which again, FBI statistics show the opposite. Yeah, I think there's like ten in the past five years. <laughs> yes, and and all and all of them except for three um, were, were criminals were, in the middle of an, uh, yeah. an active crime. Right, uh, and one was the the, the girl. I know, but I can't remember her name now. Where her Brindley. boyfriend shot at the police and Brindley. she was shot. Brindley. Yeah, shot in crossfire because then cops had to shoot through the door because they were being shot out through the door. So they were returning fire and they hit her and he was hiding behind her, the bad guy. So um, it's just this uh, when you have this corrupt well, conscience. Well, it's and, like the devotional sense, mm, a seared conscience. A seared conscience. Exactly. Hatred is just so. Um, the mind and the conscience is defiled. That's what's happened with the mm. libertarians. That's what's happened with a lot of Muslims, unfortunately. That mm. they are fed a lie for so long, you know, coupled with immorality. In the case of the Muslims, the immorality is worshiping a false god. 
you know, and with libertarians is not believing in any God. And so eventually that callousness, that fire that burned their conscience um, prevents them from understanding the truth at all. Mm. And because we look at it, people of, even if you're not a believer in the G Jesus Christ, a, a lot of people that still have somewhat of a morality left, look at it and they're like, wow, this looks bad. Like, oh, this is terrible, yeah. you know? Um, but a lot of people nowadays, what we're so horrified by is watching the people who are not horrified. Right. You know, right. like that there are, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's, I hear you. it's bad. I hear you. Kate says, we never challenged the craziness, the lies and the deceptions. We've been conditioned. And I think COVID control was a trial for what is happening now. Our silence is our shame. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Iris wants to know what interview. Uh, it is Candace Owens farewell interview before maternity leave. She interviews a Norm Finkelstein. Was that, you know, you know, that a couple aired? days ago. Oh. It's the last one on her podcast YouTube channel. Do you find it by going to Livewire or do you just Oh, no, I just go Candace on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I was listening to it on a podcast, but I wanted to see their faces. Mm -hmm. So I just went to YouTube. Yeah. I love that because, yeah, he's learned so much more by watching them. Yeah. <laughs> see. Um, George Floyd uh, documentary just came out uh, I, I, or it is coming out. I, can't, I don't know. I, oh, I was just that? Um, a investigative reporter who, uh, her husband worked for Minneapolis, uh, police department oh. and, um, oh, there are some shenanigans coming out with that. George, there was just this one aspect. It's one thing they, the chief of police denied that they ever even had any other contacts with George Floyd. turns out there were a lot of contacts with George Floyd. Meaning that he was never arrested before? Yeah, they never had any, they didn't know who he was before that day. Really? Yeah, but they had used him as a, a, as a CI in other cases. <laughs> uh, and I believe it was a CI or somehow but he was But if they knew him, as, if they knew he was a CI, why'd they sit on his throat? They were taught that, that, that was all trained. Every, about uh, 10 officers come on and say, we were trained to do that. What he was doing, uh, we were trained to do. And the chief lied on the stand when he said, that they've never trained in the police officer to do oh, that. Of course. And the police officers come on and go, he's, he's lying. We, that, we were all trained to do that. Wow. But in the way that Chauvin was doing it, uh, the officer who's now in prison, um, was exactly how they were trained to do it. He, he didn't do anything and he different. he doesn't get a retrial? Well, we'll see. Because there's another video from a body cam, like I get in, in review, and almost every word for word that George Floyd said to the officers when he was, when he died is exactly the same. And another contact he had a year previous, he had threw, uh, threw some fentanyl down his throat and the words he was using, the speech he was saying, saying that I don't, I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you guys harassing me? It, you could play them side by side and they were almost exactly the same, wow. <laughs> but there's so much coming out in this thing. And, it, but the reason again for bringing that up is just, we were told so many lies about this. The FBI got involved in that case, like within, uh, I think it was like a couple hours after it occurred, telling them what to say and what not to do, what to release and what not to release. It's, it's, it's crazy. When you, when you see this documentary, you're going to go, hmm. wow, we were really fed what year a bunch of nonsense. Floyd, 2020, right? 2020, yeah. 
and then 2019 was the previous contest. Because I know when I was there, um, <sighs> Trayvon Martin was happening. Mm -hmm. um, but at that time in the mm -hmm. Bureau, um, they knew the truth. Um, they just didn't, they stayed out of the public fray. Mm -hmm. So they would never, the FBI rarely corrects facts. Um, so they let the public think or do whatever they want. And they don't get in the middle of it. Yeah. So I'd be surprised to learn that they actively got involved in the deception. I mean, we know they did that with the American Patriot situation, but um, back when I was there, they were not doing that. In this documentary, they talked about how it immediately became a political thing, that it, it was all handled. Who was president by then? Uh, was it Trump still? It was Trump, yeah. It was right around the election. But it's after the BLM riots. So maybe no, that's how the BLM riots began. Oh, it was because of that. That's really what started most of the the rioting. And they because they, they, they also pointed that up that they were they were ignoring the destruction of the of the police building because remember they burnt down the police building. So you think maybe looking back that the FBI's like really strange stance during that time was because they were just so busy with this Russia collusion thing. Trying to make it real when they knew it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And covering it up. And covering then the people afterwards, you know what I mean? Like all yeah. the stuff that flowed out of that, that yeah, they, they were they just kind of like, we can't, let's, who cares if the streets burn right now? And again, kind of about what this devotional is talking about. You, If you can cause a little bit, so much chaos, they can't focus on one thing. And there's so much different, different, different chaos incidents going on that you can't focus. And you just begin to believe everything. Yeah. There's no way of, you know, researching and studying and make sure that what they're telling us is the truth. Okay. Deception. Deception. Wow. The devil loves deception, but it always comes out. And, you know, you would think that at some point you would, they would just realize, man, we can't do this because eventually we're going to be found out. But if they can get what it is they wanted, then they don't care. Like, right. well, we got what we wanted. We got president Trump out. Exactly. That was the goal. Exactly. Wow. Hmm. It's kind of like when you say, when you like this, when you go, oh, that tastes terrible. Here, you want some? And you, you try to change the look on your face. And then you go, well, if it tastes that bad, why do you want me to eat it? It's my favorite thing I do to you. It <laughs> <laughs> happened today. Yes. Do you guys do this? Do you, do you, women, do you do this to your wives or your, or your wives, your husbands or your boyfriends? Where you you take, I'm gonna taste this little thing, and you go, oh, oh wow, that's horrible. Here, <laughs> taste, I love it. Taste this. I'm like, I want you to know. I want your opinion. And I go, why? Well, I believe you that it doesn't taste good. I what? want your opinion, but you didn't actually. You had a different opinion. You didn't think it tasted horrible. Well, yeah, this one time. I bet every time. Because usually I don't, I don't fall for it. Yeah, he won't let me. I just say, I know, I can see that it tastes bad. Why? I believe you. I believe it tastes horrible. <laughs> All right, let's see. Are we on this yeah. one? Kate says the conscience is a God-given moral consciousness within each of us. Romans two fifteen. If the conscience is seared, literally cauterized, then it has been rendered insensitive and mm -hmm. does not work properly. It's as if spiritual scar tissue has dulled the senses of right and wrong. Oh my God, so true. Sorry, thanks for that. Yeah, just. Um, Really, so true. That's exactly what it is. Mm. Cauterized, dead. Right. 
Kelly Elliott's back on. Hey, Kelly. Love your devotionals. You. Happy to come across your channel. I'll be tuning in regularly. Oh, that's awesome. so sweet. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, it says. When I was a teen, my best friend's sister would tell us, be careful what you do in the dark because it always comes to the light. Always. So true. What a nice friend you had there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine the, an older sister saying that. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, uh, another thing I read on a, a Twitter post was a doctor who sided with in the, you know, in the beginning that, you know, ivermectin was a horse tranquilizer or whatever it was they were trying to say what it was and that, uh, you know, masks need to be worn by everybody and all this kind of stuff. And he, he's writing now, like, I am sorry. Oh, nice. I was completely wrong. And then he had his own statistics that he's discovered that he goes, I was completely duped because they were trying to tell us this number, whatever it was. Uh, and it was so off about how many people were actually getting sick and how many people were dying. And he wrote it all out and said, I'm, I'm sorry. That's nice. Uh, and so it's rare uh, that you have people that will do that, that will come out and that's awesome. You, you know, realize that they they believe the nonsense. So I wish I could remember that doctor's name. I don't have my phone with me, but. Uh, that was a nice, uh, it was nice to see. <laughs> Too bad. A mea culpa. Yeah, yeah. Too bad it was so much longer. But And then he also talks about in, a, in another tw uh, Twitter post is that, um, you know, just there were so many good doctors trying to warn us that what we were being told was a lie, but they were so afraid of losing their license because the government was, you know, taking their license. They were. And uh, he goes, we, what we did to people was horrible. And he goes, I was a part of it type of uh, statement so so on occasion we do have those yeah those things that come out i've apologized to my kids when i punished them a little bit stronger than i wanted to than i should have not wanted to i wanted to punish them a lot <laughs> but it never, it never hurts to come back and say you know what you're right um, oh it's awesome uh you know it, what you did was wrong but it wasn't to the extent that you know i lost my temper yeah because uh you know, there could be other things that we were mad about. <laughs> they, just, sure. they just happened to do it on that at that moment where we were like up to here with, with nonsense. Ira says, "Crimes against humanity." Yep. Yeah. It's going to be so interesting to see what's going to happen in this next twelve months. It's about twelve months, right? November. Yeah, till the next election. Oh. I thought you meant because of the Palestinians in it. No, no. And who knows? Uh, actually, my friend uh, Alejandra, you know, she's a, I was telling you about how she feels. Um, yeah, so she's giving the scripture. God, I wish I, I remembered exactly what scripture, but it's about, it's about Gentiles being grafted in. And so she said, Israel's veil was placed so that the Gentiles might be included into the kingdom. Uh, but it will be lifted when we reach our fullness. So there's a scripture about reaching the fullness of Christ that there, that the there's a veil over the over the Israelites that they cannot see the reality of Christ that will be lifted at the fullness of the Gentiles. Mm. And so then she says, but it will be lifted. Uh, so if the lifting of their veil depends on our maturity, what are we waiting for? It's time to grow up, church. Oh wow. Yeah, I maybe I can find this. That's picture. very uh, interesting, isn't it? That we're basing it on us. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, um, because uh, essentially that's what Pastor Jack Hibbs was doing the other day when he was um, speaking to Jews directly about Jesus Christ. I think too. 
telling him about the fullness of. Yep. Ah, here we are. Yep. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the oh no, sorry, that's different. Different scripture, fullness no. of Christ. That was uh, Ephesians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was talking about the one where he speaks about five or six words and then he has a Hebrew translator oh, yeah, yeah. speaking to the Jews. He was speaking directly to Jews about Jesus Christ, um, that they need to know him now, that there's no time to waste. It's so but, true. But uh, if you guys haven't seen that, I, I think if you just go to either Real Jack, Real Jack Hibbs, is that what it is? Or I think you just go to Jack Hibbs on Facebook, you probably find it. And scroll down through his uh, posts, but it's—I um, thought it was really powerful. He's going to do another one. Ah, uh, here it is. Um, dear, is Romans eleven. Um, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. He's speaking of the Gentiles. Uh, Israel has experienced a hardening, like the veil, mm -hmm. in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Hmm. So God is never done with Israel. And how fascinating that the great mystery, he refers to it as a great mystery, is that unveiling happens when the fullness of the number of the Gentiles comes. Wow. And Iris just, yeah, go to Jack Hibbs or CCCH uh, for Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Have you had a chance to see that yet? Just a part. Yeah. Not the whole thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Anything else? Anybody have any prayer requests that we can um, we can um, add to our prayer list? Yeah. Um, who are we praying for today? We have two kids that are injured. Is Zara all... Uh, yeah, still got, got injuries. Yeah, sort of like her ankle. Oh, ankle. We got Ray who has an injured hand and a wrist too. So her finger oh. and her wrist are quite painful. Uh, and then Rhett, he hurt his finger playing football. They're, they're hurting their little digits. Digits. <laughs> their extremities. Okay. I'm so that. yeah, I mean that's pretty pretty nice when that's what it is that we have to pray for right now. Yes. Is uh, just those little tiny injuries. That's awesome. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, and your mom's coming to visit. Mom's coming to Thanksgiving. We'll pray for you. Yes. <laughs> pray for me, folks. Pray for us on Thanksgiving. Because your mom loves me. Yes. Well, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> she looks she's she's not, she, she's, No, she speaks English. She just doesn't say what she's upset about in English. <laughs> And that, like most people, when before the guests come, I'm going to be yelling at you. Can you please vacuum? Bring up the kitchen. Help me. She's coming. You're going to have me dust in places that we've never dusted before. Yes. Because your mom will find it. I'm so worried. <laughs> so pray for me. Uh, and I want to add to the prayer. And just pray for Thanksgiving. Lord, yes. thank you. Uh, we're so grateful for the family of believers. Thank you for... Um, all the wonderful people that you brought into our life through this devotional, through our churches, Lord, um, these wonderful friendships in, uh, that brings us together in the name of your son. Uh, we're so grateful for them and for um, the effect they have on our lives. Thank, uh, we want to thank each and every one of them. And as we come upon Thanksgiving, Lord, we are thankful 
um, for our nation. And we uh, would like to stand in the gap for them as they continue in their disobedience and they do not um, love and honor and obey you, Lord. So we bring them into saving faith, those that um, do not yet know you, and bring into submission those that do know you, Lord. Um, and remind them once again that we are um, a Judeo-Christian nation, that we're founded on biblical principles. Uh, we also ask for healing for our um, lovely children that are suffering various illnesses, Rhett's fingers, Ray's fingers and wrists, and Zara's ankle, and to keep all of them healthy, Lord, and all of our children and our loved ones healthy for um, our loved ones, our spouses, and our children, our grandchildren. Lord, um, what's come to my heart is for Kate and her grandchildren that are far from her at this time, Lord, um, and uh, that you bless them and you protect them. And most importantly for all of us is that we pray that you bring our loved ones closer to you. Um, regardless of the relationship they have with us, Lord, um, may they know you um, and bring them to saving faith, those that do not yet know you and those that are far from you. We ask all things, Lord, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends, we thank you for joining us. We love you. God bless. God bless. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye.